Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. sing heavenly sunshine as you sing through the first time turn around and shake hands 
with as many as possible and really lifted up on heavenly sunshine. Come on, all together. Heavenly That's it. Turn around. Shake it. Television once more. the entrance to the auditorium today, you'll find three bulletin boards. I wish you'd tarry at the close of the broadcast and at least go out through the front entrance and see those bulletin boards describing the work of the Fuller Evangelistic Foundation and the Fuller Theological Seminary. We cordially invite you to stand in the gap with us in these closing days. And through your cooperation, this worldwide broadcast is made possible from week to week. This is a faith work, and we go just as God makes it possible.
to heaven, gonna sing and shout. There's nobody there to turn me out. When I get to heaven, put on my new shoes. Wanna walk around and tell good news. I'll look away. I'll look away to heaven. I'll look away. I'll look away to heaven. I'll look away. I'll look away to heaven. Cause all the hope I'll join the band. Pirate of Methuselah from his birth, oldest man that ever lived on earth. Lived an hundred years and sixty-nine, died and went to heaven in plenty of time. I'll look away, I'll look away to heaven, I'll look away, I'll look away to heaven, I'll look away, I'll look away to heaven, good Lord, I hope I'll join the band. Satan like a snake crawling in the grass, always hiding in them Christians' path. Satan is a liar and a conjurer too, and if you don't walk out, he'll conjure you. Now look away, now look away to heaven. Now look away, now look away to heaven. Now look away, now look away to heaven. Good Lord, I hope I'll join the band. Now look away, to heaven. Now look away, now look away to heaven. Now look away, now look away to heaven. Good Lord, I hope I'll join the band. Sorry, Mrs. Fuller's not with us again today. This is the first time that I recall that she's missed three consecutive Sundays. She just came home from the hospital yesterday morning, really been very, very ill. But Lord willing, she will be with us next Lord's Day. I want you to pray especially for next Sunday's message. I'm going to speak upon a sin unto death. There is a sin unto death. And when you pass that line, watch out. And so be much in prayer. God has laid a message upon my heart, especially for the unsaved, and also for the careless, worldly-minded, professing church member. And now the chorus is going to sing a favorite number of mine. I love this. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes. Everyone standing, please, in the visible audience here in Long Beach. 
Number 123 in your song sheets, Faith of Our Fathers, Living Still in Spite of Dungeon, Fire and Sword. Sing two verses and remain standing for prayer. Christian on praying ground, uniting together with us in prayer. O Heavenly Father, how we do thank Thee for the faith which Thou hast given us in the person of Thy Son, the Lord Jesus. How thankful we are that we who have passed from death unto life are now enabled to live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Father, we thank Thee for the exceeding riches of the grace that we have in Christ. How thankful we are, O Father, for the security and the satisfaction which we have as we walk through this life. And then, most of all, as we look toward heaven's future, how thankful we are for the glory that shall someday be revealed. Father, we thank Thee for the power and the certainty and the assurance which Thou canst give to every soul. And today, as this broadcast wends its way into many places, into hospitals, into homes, into automobiles as they are driven along the highway, into prisons, out to the ships on the sea, yea, to our soldiers in the armed services in foreign lands. Father, we pray that it may carry with it the glorious good news of the gospel of the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we pray that thou wilt save souls. We pray that thou wilt comfort fainting hearts, we pray that thou wilt quicken those who feel despondent and in despair. We pray that thou wilt do these things through the power of Christ, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,
Quartet sing Saved by Grace. I want George Broadbent at the organ, Rudy Atwood at the Celeste, to play What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Then I may ask you to sing through once on that old number, What a Friend We Have in Him.
sing through that first verse. Outside of Christ, friendless, without hope, and without God, and without Christ, that you may know him today as your personal Savior, receive him because he receiveth sinners. Forgiveness of sins through him, cleansing from sin through the precious blood, may you know what it means to be saved by grace.
are listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour featuring Dr. Charles E. Fuller, evangelist and Bible teacher. His message today is titled, From Sonship to Servanthood. Open your Bibles to the New Testament, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information on resources available from this ministry after Dr. Fuller's message. Thank you, Quartet. That's Mrs. Fuller's favorite number. Second Timothy, the second chapter, please. In this second chapter of Second Timothy, the born-again believer is set forth in a sevenfold light. Verse 1, my son. Verses 3 and 4, a soldier. Verse 5, a wrestler. Verse 6, a laborer. 
the one that sows the incorruptible seed, the word of God, laboring, waiting for the fruit of the harvest. Verse 15, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of God. Oh, God forbid thee, ones that deceitfully handle the word of God and twist it to suit some of their own slants on things. We need workmen to rightly divide, rightly handle, and preach the word of God without fear of favor. Verse 21, a vessel carrying the water of life to a dying, thirsty world. And then in the 24th verse, a servant from sonship to servantship. He that humbleth himself shall be highly exalted. God resisteth the proud, gives grace to the humble. And may you learn to become a servant after becoming a son. In verse 1, Note the words, my son, that is one in right relationship to God, redeemed by the precious blood, reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, regenerated, that is, born again by the water of the word through the Holy Spirit. John 1.12, to as many as received him, to those that received him, God gave the power to become the sons of God. John 3, 5, except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, the water typical of the Word, the washing of regeneration, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Galatians 3, 26, for ye are all children of God. Wait, don't stop there. For ye are all children of God. How? By faith in Christ Jesus. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him. And yet right now, he tells us, now are we the sons of God. The wonderful experience to know that you've passed from death unto life, that you've entered into the right relationship through the one and only way, and that's through Christ, God's beloved Son. It's not through membership in any organization. It's not through any observance of any ritual. There's only one name under heaven, one way of approach, one basis of salvation. And that's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified, buried, risen again. I want to give it to you straight because listen time and time again. There are hundreds of people that are turning the radio dial and perhaps for the first and last time will ever hear the real biblical scriptural way of salvation, of how to be saved. Let's go on. Immediately after sonship, the born-again experience, the believer is called upon to engage in spiritual warfare, to fight the good fight of faith. And so we read in 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, Therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be 
a soldier. Now in this connection may we call to our remembrance that of which our Lord experienced at the River Jordan. It's very beautiful. Right after He was baptized, we, <clears throat> we read in Mark first chapter that there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And God the Father spoke throughout the whole universe, heaven above and earth beneath, to say that this man born of a virgin is now God manifest in the flesh. He is my beloved Son. And He speaks of sonship right there. And the Scriptures go on to say, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and there in the wilderness forty days tempted of Satan. A soldier after sonship, enduring hardness, and he learned obedience by the things he suffered. He learned to be a good soldier. And so he's saying to you, My son, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, that you may please him who hath chosen you to be a soldier. Now three things. We find three highlights as follows in those two verses, three and four. First, preparation, a good soldier. Second, persistence, endure hardness. And then the blessed pronouncement that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now very simply, speaking upon those three highlights, preparation, persistence, pronouncement, I want you to be able to copy those things down in the margin of your Bible. And when you read and reread the Scriptures, call some of these things to your remembrance. Preparation. A good soldier, if he is to be a good soldier, must needs go through training. Hours and days and months of hard, exhaustive training. And soldiers in our modern day armies undergo long periods of marching and drilling and maneuvers and truly it goes without saying, it would be foolhardy to place young, inexperienced soldiers in the front line to, there to meet the seasoned and experienced enemies without first having undergone long periods of preparation. And you who are sons in relationship, God wants you to become good soldiers and take time to prepare and be ready for the war fall. Several years ago, I think it was during World War II, Mrs. Fuller and I were in San Diego. It was a bright sunny day and we were riding out towards the Marine barracks. And as we were riding by, I noticed uh, three different groups of men seated upon the grass in front of the barracks. But the thing that intrigued me was the men themselves were blindfolded. And I stopped the car and went over to see what was going on. And there the three groups of men, all blindfolded, sitting in a semicircle. And before them were the parts of the machine guns. And what they were trying to do under the blindfold to put that machine gun back into the right condition for shooting. Because out on the battlefield something might jam some night 
at a very critical moment and they need know-how to be prepared to use the guns against the enemy. And the officers stood there and they timed the different groups. And it was interesting to see how quickly those men trained in the things of warfare put their respective guns together. It's nighttime. You need to know how to assemble and correlate and bring together the sword of the Spirit that you may be able to fight against the enemy and come off more than conquerors through him that loved you and gave himself for you. How will you know unless you meditate day and night? How will you know unless you let the Word of God dwell in you richly? How will you be prepared in the things of the realm of the spiritual warfare unless you're grounded and rooted and built up the faith? The sad thing is that time and time again, talking about those that are members of churches around the various parts of the country, the, the saying is this, well, he's saved, but he's not well taught. Shame on you. You ought to be thoroughly acquainted with the Word of God. Let it saturate you. Let it master you. Let it become the very part of your life. All right. So in the realm of the spiritual, Christ, the captain of our salvation, needs good soldiers. And he's careful to train his soldiers well before they are put out into the front lines. And so we read in Hebrews 12, My son, sonship again, despise not thou the chastening, the child training, the soldier training of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth. He child trains, he soldier trains, and now no soldier training for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. That's God's method. It's never changed. The same yesterday and today and forever. He said, now, come, I'm the captain of your salvation. Learn of me. I'll teach you. And a good soldier is one who is well trained submissive to God's will, loyal, devoted to his commander-in-chief, obedient to his commands, ready to carry out the Lord's marching orders, ready for defensive and offensive warfare. I was interested in looking through the Gospel of Mark, especially this morning, how it refreshed my soul that in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark we have Christ calling his disciples. And then in the sixth chapter how after months of teaching them, he tells them this in the sixth chapter. Listen. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two, gave them power over unclean spirits, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals, not to put on two coats. And he said unto them, In what place soever ye enter into the house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you when ye depart, then shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. But wait. 
Go down to the 30th verse. I like this. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus. I love that. And told Him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And He said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into the desert place and rest a while. You know, it's not recorded. But I'm just as confident as I stand in front of this microphone that when those apostles came back and told Jesus all that they had done and what they had taught, how he counseled them. And he said to Peter especially, now this is only imagination, but I believe something like this took place. He said, now Peter, I wouldn't have said it just quite that way. I know your heart, Peter. You're zealous. You're anxious to get the job done. But Peter, just a little bit differently. Do it this way. You know how he counsels it. As we come to the Scriptures, how it corrects it. How it instructs us. And we're told how to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but being firm, men of conviction, standing for the truth, contending for the faith without being contentious. God help us. Now the second thing. Oh my, where is the time gone? The second thing is persistence. Endure hardness. Read the second chapter or 2 Corinthians 11th chapter, especially verses 25 to 28, and see how Paul, counting all things lost, suffering the loss of all things, suffered imprisonment, shipwreck, hunger, starvation, false accusation, and how he endured unto the end. And when he came to the end of his race, he could look back and say, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Not the kind that just springs up overnight, makes a great show of things, and then falls by the wayside. But the kind that is steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I wish we had time to go into the fourth chapter of Acts. How Peter and John, after they had gone up to the temple, the miracle of healing the lame man. And then they were called before the council of the Sanhedrin. And in that council of the Sanhedrin, they said, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in his name. But listen, the 13th verse, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marvel. And oh, in these closing days, with the world infiltrating the church, and some departing from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, we need to be persistent, enduring hardness as good soldiers. When I read of the missionaries John Chalmers and Hudson Taylor and Peyton and Mary Slessor of Calabar and these different ones that have gone out suffering the loss of all things. I said, we're a bunch of softies. We have all the gadgets. We have all the modern improvements. We have everything for comfort perhaps in this life. We need to learn the lesson of enduring hardness for Christ's sake. I must close. 
The last thing is the pronouncement, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's be quiet, no one stirring, please. Be much in prayer. When I thought of this, that we may please him, the thought came to me, Second Corinthians 5.10, listen. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We, those who have entered into the sonship relationship, we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and there before the judgment seat of Christ in the bema, in the light of heaven. Your life and my life will be flashed upon the screen of eternity, and we'll have to give an account for the things that we've done. And may it be said at the end of the judgment seat of Christ, when our works are reviewed, that we'll hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. To you outside of Christ, you know nothing of this wonderful relationship planted together in the likeness of his death, sharing his resurrection life. Will you come today and plead the penitent's prayer and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me for Christ's sake. I want to enlist in God's army and by God's grace be a good soldier. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Friend, outside of Christ, the field is white under harvest, the labors are few. God needs soldiers, true soldiers. But first of all, you must come into the right relationship. Sins forgiven, heart cleansed, washed clean by the blood of Christ. This world is dying away from Christ and away from God. There ever was the need for soldiers is now. But first of all, I beseech you to be reconciled to God through Christ, the one and only way, and then enlist in God's army and be a good soldier. Let's pray together as we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.